So we're launching a new series, Know Jesus. And this really is why we exist. And this is what these services are about. These services are to create an atmosphere when you can encounter Jesus. Because Jesus is alive. Jesus, He's our healer. He's our salvation. And we want you to know Him. So we're going to turn to this Scripture in Matthew chapter 8, 23 to 27. I'm going to read it. Please read along. If you don't have a, uh, you know, a digital device, you can look on the screen. Um, and like we say, if you have a Samsung, we'll pray for you. Um, but if you, uh, you know, we, we're inclusive of everybody. But um, turn to Matthew 8, verse 23. <laughs> and we're going to read this together. Then He, being Jesus... Are you there, by the way? Are you there? Are you there? You good? You ready? Okay. Then He, He being Jesus, got into the boat and His disciples, those who were close to Him, followed Him. So they followed Him. He didn't follow them. They followed Him. The disciples followed Jesus suddenly. You know, like suddenly, a pandemic. You know, suddenly, storms. And it says it's suddenly a furious storm out of nowhere, came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. They covered the boat, they encompassed the boat. And while this was happening, Jesus, of course, was asleep in the middle of a storm. Waves, wind, and there's Jesus on the boat in the middle of the storm, not distant, not far from, on the boat, but asleep. (laughs) He was sleeping. And the disciples were like, oh my gosh, Jesus, what are you doing? The disciples went and woke Him saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. Well, they didn't realise that they didn't need God to save them. Salvation was on their boat. It wasn't something that Jesus would do. It's something that Jesus is. He is salvation. You don't receive salvation, you receive Jesus. But when you receive Jesus, you receive salvation because salvation is who He is. They didn't realise that salvation was on their boat. And He replied, you have little faith. Why are you so afraid? Then He got up, rebuked the wind, and the waves, and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, what kind of human being man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey this guy. He has authority. He has authority. Jesus has all authority in heaven and on earth. So Lord Jesus, we thank You that You speak to us today have your way in our lives, encourage our hearts. Lord, for anyone that God is feeling far from you, we thank you, Lord, that they would see today that you are an ever-present help, that you are close, that you are near, that you are knocking on the door of every heart today. In the mighty name of Jesus, they all said, Amen. Can you thank Paulus? We love you, Paulus. What a good man. Uh, in Philippians, 3, 7 to 9, we read this scripture from uh, Paul and he's talking uh, some, some uh, passionate things 
about Jesus. And he says, he says this thing, I once thought these things were valuable. So he was a, you know, the, the religious boss. He was a Pharisee. He knew everything about everything. He knew all the doctrine. He knew everything you needed to, do, to know to be a top level Jew and a top level Pharisee. He was it. But here he says, I regard all of that as meaningless, as nothing. But now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For His sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage. Dung, some translations say, so that I could gain Christ and become one with Him. Paul had had an experience with Jesus. I want you to know today that uh, knowing about Jesus and knowing Jesus are two very different things. Knowing about God is one thing, but knowing God That's a whole different universe. That's a whole nother realm. And we aren't here to give you information about Jesus. We aren't here to help you grow in your information about Jesus. We are here that you would know Him. We are here to help you grow in a living, dynamic relationship with the Son of God by His Spirit. That's why we're here. And that's our heart for the city of Sydney. And that's our heart for Silverwater, that this place would be full of people who are experiencing Jesus every Sunday. Because every Sunday is someone's first Sunday. Every Sunday there is somebody who needs Jesus. There are people taking their lives. There are people doing crazy things. And we know the one who is the answer. But we cannot just give people information. We need to help people have a relationship. With Jesus. And this is his intent. Psalm 34, verse 8, it says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. God's goodness is something that you taste and then you see. It's hard to see without tasting. It's hard to know God's goodness without experiencing it. Like, who likes mangoes? Anybody like mangoes? Come on, talk to me today. Do you like mangoes? Yeah. Uh, who likes passion fruit? You know? Yeah, okay, who likes, you know, classic banana? And nobody, all right, a few people, a few people. Who likes apples? Green? Red? Okay, 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 okay. If I was uh, to get a mango and I was to, you know, tell you about a mango, I, we, we could have a class right now. We could have like a mango class and I could teach you all the things about mangoes. I could teach you like how the smell of a mango will just change your life. I, I, can, I can teach you that, that when you take a bite of that thing, you literally start crying at the goodness of that taste. I can tell you the, the mango tree that it grew on, the type of uh, you know, soil that the mango tree needs. I can give you, you know, a, a full class on mangoes. But you will never really know how good a mango is until you eat it yourself. I mean, I could spend years, years, I could, I could spend years telling you. And we could spend years telling you about Jesus, but it will never come close to when you encounter him for yourself. Hey, come on, if we're going to clap, let's clap, Pastor Patrick. 
leading us. It's true, it's true. The best thing about Jesus is Jesus. That's the best thing about Him, it's Him. The best thing about Christianity and Christian is not Ian, it's Christ. (laughs) Christ is the best thing about Christianity. It's the best thing about God. It's why we're here. We don't worship an ideal. We don't worship a building. We worship God. We worship Him. We wanna know Him. We wanna be known by Him. We wanna have a growing relationship with Him. That's why. It's to know Jesus. I mean, if, 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 if you were to tell me, oh, I, I know Brad Pitt, <laughs> good on you. Like, who cares about Brad Pitt? God bless him. But, but you know, I, you could tell me all about him, and where he lives and what movies he's been in and how much money he makes and this, that and the other about him. But you don't really know him until you've actually spent time connecting. And knowing Jesus is a relationship it is not a checklist. Okay, I've been water baptised. I pray daily. I read my Bible. I go to church. Yep, tick. I know Jesus. No. Jesus said it himself. You do this in my name. You do that in my name. Go away, bro. I don't even know you. God's not interested in what you do for him. God's interested in you. He wants to know you. And what you do is the result of a relationship. Know God, Daniel 11 verse 32. Know God, be strong, do great exploits. The great exploits that can be a part of your life and your testimony, like Pastor Mick and Pastor Rhonda, the great exploits that God can do through your life is grounded first in knowing God. Not about Him, but knowing Him relationally. And that takes time. The goal is relationship. The goal is what John 15 verse 5 says, I am the vine. This is Jesus talking. You are the branches. So it's good to get that right. Jesus is the vine. You are the branches. You are not the vine. Stop trying to be the vine. Be a good branch. I am the vine. You are the branch. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear, not might, you will. It is a result of knowing Jesus. This is good news. This is good news because now I don't have to try and perform to create fruitfulness in my life. This is good news because now I'm not running around striving to make things happen. My my effort and my energy is directed in one place, connection with Jesus. And when I put my energy and my effort and my time and my investment in knowing Jesus, do you know what happens? You will bear much fruit from knowing Christ. You will look around you and there'll be fruit popping up everywhere. Mango trees just everywhere. But how does it happen? From knowing Him. Relationship is the goal and a fruitful life is the result. But relationships grow and so you can't be thinking that this is like a quick fix thing. Like snap your fingers and now I've got it and I come to church and I get my little fix and now I know Jesus. No. Sundays are catalytic. They're not the entirety of your Christian walk. Sunday is not church. Sunday is a service. 
And this service is an expression of the church gathered. Because the church is not a building, the church is the body. The church is the ecclesia. The church is you and I. Come on, Zoom. The church is you and me gathered in the room, gathered online. This is the church. It's us. And that's what God is building. That's what God is doing. He's building the church. But the head of the church is not Pastor Alex. It's Jesus. The head of the church is not Pastor Phil. It's Jesus. We are the body. And if we are disconnected from the head, we are all out of sorts. A healthy body needs to be in alignment with the mind of God. And the mind of God leads us. And the mind of God for you and I is that we would have a living, alive, dynamic, adventurous relationship with Him. This is the heart and the mind of God. And this is why we're here. The thing I want you to know about having a relationship with Jesus is in the middle of a pandemic, the best person you could be close to is Jesus. In the middle of a storm, the best person you could know is Jesus. And I want to take you to back to this story in Matthew 8. The disciples are following Jesus on a boat. And He's on a boat. And He's, he's on this boat, but they don't know where it's going. It doesn't say that Jesus got on the boat and then gave them all an instruction manual and a plan, a 90-day plan on what we're going to be doing over the next three months. He didn't give him Nothing like that. Sorry, Tony Moylan. He didn't give him anything like that. Hey, also shout out to Pastor Rich and Kate Forsyth. We love you. Thank you for being here. There was no 90-day plan. He just said, hey, I'm getting on this boat. Let's go. The disciples said, Jesus is getting on that boat. So let's go. This is my first point I want you to catch today. Is that to be uncertain... But close to Jesus, got that point? Got that point in the screen? To be uncertain, but close to Jesus is better than being certain apart from Him. Certainty comes and goes. Certainty of the world really isn't certainty anyway. Because we can be certain about our finances, certain about our bank account, certain about our home, and then a pandemic. Suddenly. Nobody knew this was coming. And so suddenly our certainty is shaken because we're building on sand. But when you build on the rock of Jesus Christ, you have a sure and steady foundation. You are building on the rock that is Christ. And you will find that certainty actually is overrated. Certainty is not that good. I mean, knowing everything about everything is really not that good. It's quite overwhelming. But thanks be to God that Jesus knows the plans He has for you and I, that Jesus is aware of the future. But He says this, hey, this is where I'm going. Where are you going to position your life? Because I'm telling you, better to be in uncertainty but with Jesus than certain without Him. Second thing I think the disciples learned from this experience from being with Jesus on the boat. And remember that Jesus was on the boat. Jesus takes you 
through storms, not around them. Oh, come on, everyone said, oh. Come on, give me your best. You just woke up and you're just cranky, you know. Oh. Come on, Jesus. Let's go round the storm. Like that would be much better. Let's avoid challenge. Let's avoid the difficulty. Listen to me, Christianity is not escapism. That's not what this is. Christianity is not some get out of jail free card that you now don't experience what everybody else has experienced. We're all Christians and we're in the pandemic too. But it's that Jesus with me will take me through. He won't leave you in it. He won't take you around it, but He will take you through it. And I want to speak to every storm that is represented in this room, every financial storm, every marriage storm, every family storm, every local storm in our community, even for the people who aren't in this room, we're speaking to every storm that if Jesus is in your boat, you're going to get through. Come on, if you're believing for someone in your world, your husband, your wife, your spouse, you're believing for your family. If Jesus is in your boat, come on Zoom. People on Zoom are clapping louder than the people in the room. If God is on your boat, you're gonna get through it. You're gonna come through it. You are gonna get to the other end of this storm. If Jesus is with you, but don't be fooled and get annoyed at God for not taking you around the storm. He never promised that. He never said you won't have trouble in this life. He said the opposite. He said you will have trouble in this life, but fear not for I am with you. Even to the end of the age, I am with you. Even even in the trials and the persecution and the pain of regret, the pain of disappointment, I am with you. That's what He did promise. And you can take it to the bank and you can cash it in every day of your life. Jesus is with you. Come on, give God some praise today that Jesus is with you. He's with me. He's always with me. He never leaves me. He knows when I wake. He knows when I sleep. He's always for me. He's always with me. Even in the middle of a storm. Jesus takes you through storms, not around them. Third thing I think they discovered on this funny day when they were with Jesus on a boat in a storm, don't know where they're going, don't know what's on the other side. And there they are. And while they are worried, Jesus is sleeping. While you are worried, Jesus is asleep. Come on, Jesus. Can't you see the trouble I'm in? Come on, Jesus, can't you see the difficulty that I'm facing? He was asleep. But just because he was at sleep didn't mean he wasn't present. He was present, but he wasn't worried. (sighs) He'd never abandoned them. He never left the boat. He was there but asleep. Why? How could Jesus be asleep in the middle of a storm? Jesus doesn't give peace. He is peace. He is the Prince of Peace. And so His presence is peace. 
If you need peace, you don't need another five-dot formula on how to have peaceful thinking. You need the presence of the person who is the Prince of Peace. So there he was in the middle of a storm asleep. (laughs) Sleeping. Well, they were worried. But I think that sound of sleep is something that you should lean into. I think if Jesus is sleeping, you can too. If Jesus is in the storm on your boat and He's asleep, guess what? You can sleep too. You don't have to stay up all night worried, anxious about what's gonna happen. If Jesus is sleeping, you can sleep too. This is for everybody who's been unable to sleep. You're having nightmares. You're unable to physically sleep. If Jesus is sleeping in a storm, you can too. I mean, I, I wish the disciples, not that I'm, you know, that I would do this. I would have been really worried too. And I would have been really annoyed at Jesus for sleeping on the clock. And while we're in a storm, I totally understand. But how good would it have been if they saw him sleeping and on a pillow and they said, hey boys, grab a pillow. Let's go to sleep. We're good. It's going to be fine. I mean, this storm out here is crazy and it's going nuts. But God, who created the heavens and the earth, who is actually head of the storm, He's in control of it all. In the middle of this, He's asleep. So I'm going to sleep too. I'm going to join in with my Saviour today. I'm going to go to sleep. I want you to know that you can rest even in the middle of a pandemic. You can have worry surrounding you, but be at rest in your soul. How do you get rest in your soul? It's not by fixing all your problems. It's by a relationship with Him. My last thought, how did this scripture for these these boys in the storm, close to Jesus, they learned this lesson loud and clear, that Jesus has authority over what is overwhelming you. He's with you. He's not afraid of what you're afraid of. He's asleep. He's at peace. The the personal climate of Jesus is peace. But not only that, not only is He at peace, He has power over the storm. He has authority over it. We read, In Matthew 28, 18, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Jesus has authority over whatever is overwhelming you. He has authority over it. And as we close, I want you, why don't you just close your eyes for a moment. And God, we just thank you that you have authority. Father, over our circumstances. God, we thank You that You have authority. And Lord, You are with us in the storm. And we're thankful that we know You. We know You in the middle of it. We're aware of You in the middle of it. So who is Jesus? Who is He? He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He does have all authority in heaven and on earth. He is love. He is perfect. He is incapable of evil. He is our great reward. He is our salvation. 
He is grace. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the only name that saves. He is Emmanuel, God with us. He is the Prince of Peace. He has conquered death. He has overcome the cross. He is our healer. He is our first love. He is perfect theology. He is the centre, the cornerstone, our very perfect focus. He is the rock on which we stand. He is not the universe and the universe is not Him. He created it. He is eternal, forever and everlasting. He is the same yesterday, today and forever. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. He is worth living for. He is worth dying for. He sets us free. His blood washes us, cleanses us of all unrighteousness. His blood redeems us, restores us, renews us. His blood on the cross purchased our salvation. His blood seals us, covers us. His life made a way for us. His life set an example for us. He's all you need and He's needed by all. This is who He is. So we thank You, Lord Jesus. This is who You are.